What's going on, world? I'm your host, Marvelous Play, and you are now tuned into the Disconnect Podcast. The Disconnect Podcast is your bi monthly source for topics across the world of gaming, live streaming, and society headlines. Here, we aim to spark conversation. Now, you can find the Disconnect Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of our previous episodes, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars to help bump us up in the search algorithm and expose us to brand new listeners along the way. Now, if you want to make a financial contribution to the show, you can do so by heading over to redcircle.com slash disconnect podcast and pledge or donate whatever amount that you may see fit. The links for all of this will be found in the description below. But with that being said, let's get to it. Well, it's really exciting to be back on the Disconnect podcast and providing some more topics across gaming, streaming, and society for all of you out there. But in order to go forward, we also have to understand where we've been. And I've had a lot of things working on in the background that I wasn't able to speak about during my hiatus from the podcast. But we can start to reveal some of the um, some of the details now. Um, back on August, I announced that I was officially joining the staff of Streamer Square as a workshop host on my Twitter, which if you're not following me on Twitter, you should be, by the way, I'll go ahead and put that right here. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. But to join as a workshop host basically means my role with Streamer Square would be to highlight products and services that would benefit the community as a whole. Now, when I say community as a whole, that means everybody, but especially for the black community and people of color that I you know, represent and that I serve as well too. And this is important because I feel we had a conversation about this last episode before I went on my hiatus, where we talked about the need for diversity and inclusion in the gaming space. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I definitely suggest you go listen to it. It's right here in the top right. Click on that info card on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube and watch that or go back to episode four, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Red Circle, it's definitely worth your uh, while. But talking about the likes of how brand partnerships, sponsorships, and things of that nature need to see more of us represented in their advertisement, their social media, and just their day-to-day -day operations. Because so many mistakes that we've seen, whether it be gender-based, ethnicity-based, you know, cultural sensitivity or insensitivity all stems from who you have in the office in the background working for you or the lack thereof as well, too. And it also just rang a bell that many content creators who've been doing this for a while are just now getting their just dues in these departments. Uh, people such as the Gaming Illuminati, uh, Story Mode Bay, Cup of Noodle, Big Cheese, Mira, I Am Brandon, all of these names that you see on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube that have been basically blazing the trail for all of us are just now getting there, just doing respect in, um, in, these, in these spaces. And I'm glad for it. But at the same time, we have to keep moving forward. And that requires all of us to do our part to better represent, you know, who we want to be and who we want to you know, speak to when it comes for our term um, in this industry. And so I commend Loco and Hunter and the rest of the staff for looking at their own situation and say, hey, you know what? We need more diversity and inclusion in our space because while we're having this conversation amongst ourselves about what could be done, 
we need to do better and not only talk the talk but walk the walk if we really want to be pioneers and really want to you know stand on our beliefs and so when they reached out looking for more diverse casting staff and hosts i was all for it because i've been familiar with the platform back um since 2016 when a good friend of mine tatted up lady now known as tatted first brought it to my attention and so it was one of the first websites and platforms I used when I wanted to get my answers. I want to get my questions answered when it comes to like getting started with Twitch and everything else. And since then, the platform has certainly grown. Um, a number of tip, uh, topics have come and gone. A number of platforms have come and gone, but they've remained consistent, stable and always expanding their thought processes, their thought processes on what can be done more effectively and efficiently. And so with that comes the need to diversify because sometimes when you speak to a person of a different background or a different circumstance, they may have some insight and perception upon a topic that you never thought about because you didn't have their experiences like when you first got started. And so for them to want to have that now is increasingly um, I, I give them kudos for that because not many people are willing to take that first step now i know what you're saying well did they simply just bring you in to you know to to have a black staff member on board and the answer is no and especially for me no see what i want you to understand is i'm not going to take a deal or i'm not going to be involved in a project simply to be another black person on staff or to say hey we checkboxed you know the on the item list that we have like a, a minority or person of color on our staff that's not what i'm here for because I could have reached out and worked with anybody, but I felt Streamer Square was genuine in wanting to have me because they saw the value that I provided, not only as a streamer, but also with my dealings and my background and what I try to do with even this podcast. Because every time I learn something, I want to learn with the intention of teaching someone else. And I feel most people don't go into this deal thinking about that. If you learn Learn with the intention to teach because only when you can teach something can you become a master, say you've really perfected your craft. And I wanted that for more people in our community who are masters of their crafts and are able to convey their thoughts, convey their, you know, their their skills to to a wider mass to show them, hey, this is how you can grow. This is how you can be better. And just because you have this kind of background doesn't mean you should be left out of the equation when it comes time for deals, when it comes time for opportunities. And so I didn't want to just be another check mark. I said, I came here to make change, to really have a say so in certain aspects of the platform and really to broaden the audience that they may or may not have had before. And then in return, I want them to teach me something new, teach me how to become better at know understanding my youtube analytics teach me how to more you know effectively work with bigger content creators how to collaborate with indie devs and AAA developers how to work with community managers how to be the best streamer i can possibly be going into a content creator who wants to do this you know for a long time to come and if i can walk away with uh, with more knowledge than what i came in with then i said this was the right place for me to be you never want to go into a situation and say, I came in and I left the exact same way as I, if, as I left out. Um, well, I left out the same way I came in. Sorry about the term and the phrasing, but 
it's if you're not growing then you're harming yourself being stagnant is just as bad as going backwards and i don't aim to go backwards i aim to go forwards so teach me something new enlighten me and expand my horizons and my knowledge base so that i can turn around and do that same thing for someone else so to the staff at streamer square thank you for having me on board i appreciate it and looking forward to all the work that we're going to do together to not only make the platform the big to make it bigger and the best it's ever been but also to expand the audience beyond what you have now um, so that we can all grow and we can all benefit and to the people who have supported me and have congratulated me and um, said this was a wonderful move i thank you because without all of you i wouldn't have even thought about taking a shot at you know you know being a staff member for this platform and now that we're here we've got a lot more work to do so here's to the rest of 2020 here's to the rest of 2021 and everything that's soon to come and i just look forward to the opportunities that's upon us and uh sharing all of that success with all of you out there um and yeah i don't i don't have much to say about it but it's an exciting time to be a content creator and streamer um right now and i'm thankful for the opportunities now moving past my personal successes and things i'm working on behind the scene i wanted to come and share some news with you about something that i recently participated in that i'm honestly excited for coming next year it's a brand new mmorpg being developed by amazon game studios called new world now i know what you're saying amazon game studios well it makes sense because amazon is the parent company and the owner of twitch and because twitch is the largest live content platform out there from gaming talk shows and everything else in between it only makes sense that they would naturally want to get into game development at some point so i recently had the chance to participate in not only the stress test but the public preview event um, that happened over the course of two weeks now while i cannot talk about the stress test um, content because that's still under nda i can talk about the public preview and from what i played and experienced um, on public preview it was rewarding it was satisfying and i was deeply impressed um, based upon the things that they further built upon the community the chat they love the content as well too on twitch so if you wanted to go see more of that i highly suggest you come check me out on twitch i'll go ahead and put that link right here somewhere yeah right there so come follow me and check me out sometime but going back to the game it's definitely an mmorpg that will satisfy both hardcore and casual fans even friends who i gave steam codes to that play the game that aren't into rpgs were thoroughly pleased in their playthrough and i'm going to talk about some of the pros and some of the immediate cons that i experienced during my playthrough so i can be a hundred percent transparent with all of you as to whether this is going to be the game for you and whether you should go ahead and shell out your $40 for a pre-order for the spring release, okay? Before I do that, I definitely want to say one more thing that has nothing to do with this. Shout out to the New World developers. The New World developers are some of the most welcoming and heartfelt people I've met for a brand new release game in quite some time. This development team, when they say they want to reach out and want to work with content creators on a whole, they really meant it. They were going into streams and going into chats and communities, whether you had a thousand plus people watching you even down to streamers who had 50 or less viewership so the fact that they even came to a channel like mine where they were giving out steam keys asking what i thought about the game what could be approved upon the game and listening to community feedback 
is already, you know, a winner in my book. So kudos to them. But now let's get into the meat and potatoes of why we're here and let's talk about the pros and cons. So talking about the pros, one of the things I easily noticed about this game immediately upon booting it up was the trade skill system. The trade skill system is basically covered across like several different aspects from gathering, refining and crafting. And it all goes to make your character truly unique and how you respond to certain aspects of the world. The game tells you how much you need to produce or how much you need to gather in each aspect in order to level up that expertise. It also shows you which workshops contribute towards that skill and each skill is relevant across the board and player progression. Oftentimes or not, you may have skills that overlap and require you to raise them both up in order to do one common objective to craft one certain piece of armor or get that one specific piece of like housing furniture made. I don't know. The possibilities are endless, but I really did appreciate the fact that they took the time to make it depth really deep in detail to keep you invested in leveling up these trade skills because without them, you're going to have a hard time surviving in the world of Eternum. And many people found that out very very quickly so kudos to them secondly the territory standing mechanic now as you perform quests and activities you gain standing within the territories the territories are basically these huge biomes across the continent of Eternum that either will vary from like plains to like mountains to like wetlands and swamps things of that nature and they all feel uniform and varied, but I'll talk about that more in my next point. But the fact is, when you do the quests and activities, you earn standing within that territory. You can turn these in to unlock specific perks, such as additional storage in the storage sheds, um, lower tax rates when you're using the workshops, more XP gained, more faction tokens gained, and even if you have enough standing, you can buy a house and basically build your dream base to lay your head down permanently when you get tired of venturing out in the wild. So I definitely feel the territory standing mechanic was a good one to implement because it lets players know basically where they want to spend the majority of their time, you know, performing their activities. Do I want to be here in Brightwood where it's not so sunny, it's almost perpetual night, and you run into a lot of like high level ghosts and spirit enemies, but you also run into more rare materials. Do I want to be in Everfall where there's plenty hemp, there's plenty of berries, there's plenty of crops to be gathered if I want to focus on cooking and arcane um, skill base um, leveling up. So it's, it's definitely good that they have the territory standing system in place to let you know where you want to spend your time in the game. Next, the combat system. Now with combat, this is unique because I always get worried when games implement a PVP system because there's that certain segment of the population that loves to just grief new players upon starting a game. And when you have PVP turned on all the time, you're going to naturally lose people as quickly as you get them just because they don't want to deal with a level 50 enemy knocking them upside the head the minute that they are loaded onto the beach in game okay so the fact that you can toggle pvp on and off is always a winner and and you also have your pvp focused missions as well too for those people who love to pvp like without a question of a doubt so that was rewarding and with the combat system you also have no classes 
So if you want to be a magic user, it depends on if you want to wield a staff, if you want to be an archer, if you want to be a rifleman, if you want to wield a hatchet, a sword and shield, you can do all of that without ever feeling like you have to be permanently locked in a situation later to change your mind and be like, I got to build a brand new character from scratch. You don't have to do that here. You can basically respect your attributes for a small cost at any given point beyond level 20 and become any kind of user that you want, which I find fascinating to me. So I know class system allowing you to be fluid in team scenarios and mission scenarios and certain aspects of the game is another big, big plus in my mind as to why you might be interested in an MMORPG like New World. Weapon mastery is also deep when we're talking about combat. You have the ability to make your weapons and your special abilities unique by redistributing your points towards your weapon um, classes. So maybe you want to be a life staff um, user that's very heavy on like healing your team, yourself and others in a combat situation. Well, you can do that. Maybe you want to be an indestructible hatchet wielder that can go forever knocking down enemies in a PvP scenario. You can do that. Maybe you want to be a rifleman that wants to trap enemies and animals out in the wild or ease your sneak attacks and deception. Well, that's possible as well too. So depending on how you choose to level up your weapon and how you spend your points will truly start to shape what kind of player you are and how you want to confront every situation that you will experience out there in the world. Last but not least, the biome diversity. Now, in the land of Eternum, the biomes are very varied but uniform at the same time. You're going to come across everything from snowy mountains to swamps to plains to a desert area, desert-like areas, I would imagine. But it all feels uniform and it feels natural because it's just as natural as the world that we have right there in front of us, being that no two areas look alike and will ever play out the same. And so when you're out in the world, you're going to come across enemies and resources that are unique to specific territories which basically drive you to go out there and explore and see what's available so that you can make the best decision for where you want to live and where you want to concentrate the majority of your missions at. But just know that if you want to make a certain weapon, if you want to craft a certain spell or item and the resource is not plentiful in your area, you're going to have to get out there, explore. And when you're out there exploring, the biggest thing I can appreciate about the biomes is the color palette. A lot of RPGs are brown and gray, and you know what I'm talking about. It's basically looking like you're doing a dungeon crawler 24-7 with deep shades of brown, deep shades of gray, red clay, things of that nature. And you do have some of those areas in New World, but you also have areas where it's covered white and snow, where it's all green and reds and yellows and, and hues of blue if you're in a woodland forest area. So as diverse as the biomes are, they definitely made sure to make the color palette just as wide range as the as, as the world, because you need that little visual treat to keep you entertained and keep you invested into the character and what you're doing in the world while you're playing. So color palette and diversity in biomes was a huge, huge like deal breaker for me in in any rpg and they certainly have nailed it in this one and i hope they continue to nail it because the environment has to be just as vivid as the players who inhabit you know the world now 
Let's go to the cons, because I do have a couple of cons about the games, and they're very small in nature. They wouldn't break the deal for me to play the game and to have the game in the spring, but they are definitely some things you need to be aware of that I experienced while playing the public preview. So number one, um, body blocking. There are some missions where you may be required to go out and call or kill a certain amount of enemies, and you may do that in a party with other faction members or your friends. Well, sometimes in combat, you may be body blocked by your teammate if you're all trying to successfully land a hit on an enemy. And if you're not able to land a successful hit, then you may miss out on the count, the body count to get that mission done. So I definitely want them to find a way to work more fluidly around body blocking in combat, whether it's PvE or PvP. Secondly, the teammate focus. I would love to see more incentives on partying up with your faction members or even pre-existing friends in game, whether that's looking in the terms of like group XP bonuses, party specific objectives, missions, things of that nature. I definitely want to see more emphasis on teaming up and playing the game as a group because a lot of RPGs want you to get out there and explore. But in a world that's so big, especially if you're a person that doesn't have a lot of friends online in the same games as you, the world can feel very lonely. So give players an incentive to welcome new team members or grab their existing friends and go out there and complete missions and objectives together. I would love to see that. Mission variety. Now this probably is my biggest con and biggest thing I experienced during the public preview. Now, notice I said this is a public preview. It's not a complete game. It still has a ways to go. We're talking like six to eight months out before the game is released. And even on their website, they said what they've learned from the public preview is more players want a depth, more depth in the game modes. So they're listening. But what I experienced was basically a repetition of like three type of missions. It would, it would always be go here, patrol this area, go here go here and kill x amount of x type enemies or go here and search an x amount of number of crates in order to find a certain item and while they were always presented in a unique location and in a unique way it was kind of repetitive so definitely the variety in game modes is something that needs to be addressed as the development cycle continues on going towards release and they are actively working on it as they said on their blog um just recently but it definitely, definitely was probably the biggest, biggest caveat I have in the cons. If you want to keep players invested and feel like they're really living and breathing, you know, a playable character in a brand new world where you're fighting for survival every single time you leave like a settlement. And then also more variety in the PvP faction missions as well, too, for higher rewards. PvP is already interesting enough that you can engage in it whenever you want to, but make those PvP missions even more high stakes. If we're going to go into a PvP mission where we're going to be liable to run into hostile enemies or hostile players, if you're able to successfully make it back alive, truly incentivize that mission for the brave and the few. Um, who want to take those like head on. So I definitely think that's something to be noted as well. Now, my last caveat as far as the con is the war system. Overall, the war system is fun, but it does need a bigger tutorial for brand new players who are used who are not used to a huge scale 
conflicts like 50 versus 50 player conflicts in games and also i want them to fix a certain exploit that we were running into where enemy faction members could basically zip to the points um of control on the map and before you know it they're basically like knocking down your fortress door to take control of your stronghold so that definitely had to be addressed but the biggest thing in the war system for me would be the more variety in the scheduling of war events as it stands now when you were playing the public preview every war event would take place within would take place 48 hours from the time of the declaration of war which is cool it gives everybody the time to gather the resources gather their player rosters and everything that they need to engage in a huge like pvp conflict however what's not cool was the simple fact that the missions and the war events often happened in the middle of the day being that more players were not able to experience the war the way that they wanted to because they would happen during breakfast time lunch time early afternoon when the majority of player bases are probably playing in the late afternoon evening and night times when they're free from like their families, their jobs and their other obligations. And they just want to have a relaxing MMORPG experience. So if we could have the ability to schedule war events for more times during the day, I definitely think that will meet the needs of both casual and hardcore players alike, especially those who will enjoy PVP type base objectives and events in games such as this. So. I think that's important to note but overall if i was to give new world um a score i got a 10 stars i would probably put it at a seven and a half i really enjoyed the game i enjoyed the color palette i enjoyed the deep crafting and leveling up system i enjoyed the variety of npcs and people that you met i enjoyed the players that you would encounter in game whether they were friendly or whether they just want to knock you upside the head for pvp purposes I even just enjoy the simple fact that you have such a deep level of customization for your gear and armor and what you want to look like. However, it's still a diamond in the rough. It still does have some things that need to be addressed as it gets closer towards development. But I look forward to what all they still show us and give us during the upcoming months with the next alpha, the next upcoming betas and everything else till we get to spring 2021 release. So kudos to the dev team over at play new world kudos to all of those who are helping make new world and a rewarding mmorpg for all of us for all of us out there and the only thing i would say is keep it up i'm i'm thoroughly thoroughly impressed and pleased about where this game is coming from it came out of left field for me i didn't expect it whatsoever but i definitely look forward to what the future holds and how i can better work with the community and uh the content creation program for new world but kudos major kudos to them keep it up now for the last segment of the podcast i want to address the future of what's going to happen with the podcast as a whole definitely i want to say a big huge shout out and thank you to all those who were checking in on me during my month-long hiatus from podcast episodes to wonder you know what was going on with me if we were coming back for an episode five and beyond and you know what new things could we expect out of the podcast well rest assured the podcast is back we are ready and more willing than ever before to provide you with the content that you're looking for but let's go ahead and highlight a couple of things that i want to speak on um and then we'll close out the podcast like we always do first i want to expand my reach into more news across gaming live streaming and society headlines 
The world is rapidly changing around us. Now, whether we're talking about the political climate, whether we're talking social activism, whether we're talking gaming, live streaming, there's always something bigger, better around the corner, sometimes even worse, that's affecting us all. And so while I can't cover everything 24-7, I want to pick out the topics that I feel are most relevant to me and to you out there that you should be well informed of. And not only just covering the surface level of it, but also going into the who, what, when, where's, and why's of, of why it's happening, so to speak. So that's going to require more in-depth research on Reddit, speaking to more developers, reaching out to these community managers to get your, to get your questions answered. But I look forward to doing all of that in due time and giving you as much information as feasible and as my time allows, okay? Secondly, expand to the guest co-host for the future. Now, as it stands now, I don't do guest co-hosts. As you know, I do a lot of guest interviews, which we'll talk about here in just a moment as well. But the Disconnect podcast so far has just been me, myself, and I. And I love the fact I get to share with you my unique perspective on things. But sometimes it may be required to bring in one or two more people to kind of level out the playing field and give you a more well-rounded view of things. So... In the future, I will be looking to bring in guest co-hosts that may sit around for an episode, two or more, who knows, that want to lend their ear, their perspective and their views to the conversation so that we can cover all the bases so you can get as many perspectives as possible and really understand the things that are happening around us and why it should impact you and why you should care. So that's going to be fun in and of itself. So I can't look, I can't wait to implement that. And hopefully you will enjoy this well too for the sake of content creation. Balancing pre-recorded content and live episodes. Now this one is a big one for me. I definitely do enjoy doing live episodes of the podcast over on my Twitch channel, which once again, by the way, if you're not following me on Twitch, follow me on Twitch right here. And the links are in the description below if you're watching this on YouTube. But we do this we do these episodes live from time to time and usually it's with a special guest interview now sometimes we're not able to go live because it might be a con conflict of interest with scheduling like how we had the episode with data dave where he had to go live right after we did an interview so we had to pre-record it or even things that happen with me in in similar instances where i can bust out a live episode and i need to record it and upload it to apple Podcasts, spotify red circle and the video format on youtube so you still have that content coming so finding the finding that balance is going to be key and paramount and paramount for the growth of the disconnect podcast but one that i'm excited to finally find and explore together with all of you so that we can have a more consistent and persistent upload of content that you can enjoy whether you're listening at home at work on the drive home Wherever the case may be, just know that the Disconnect podcast is here to stay and it's not going anywhere, okay? It's only going to get better. Um, more guest interviews. As we said earlier, we got more guest interviews than what I know what to do with at this point. I still have to do interviews with other mentions such as Sam, aka See What Happened Was. We still have Cybe Plays Games. We still have Barefoot Tasha. And we have a bunch of indie devs and people in the industry that are signed up to do in-depth one-on-one interviews on this podcast. And I'm grateful for the opportunities to expand my network and expand my reach. But it's just going to get bigger and better. Whether we're talking game devs, where we're talking your favorite streamers, your favorite YouTubers, um, 
artists in the world of music, voice acting, whatever the case may be, if they have a platform and they have a voice and they have a story to tell, I want to have as many of them on here as possible because, you know, this world is one big collection of voices and everybody deserves to have their story told by them um, in the best light possible, whether they want to get into the personal or not so personal aspects of their journey. So be on the lookout for more guest interviews. Um, more reviews and rating on Apple Podcasts. Now, this one is a huge caveat for me, and I wanted to definitely mention this on the future of the Disconnect podcast. This podcast basically lives and breathes by word of mouth and by the ratings that all of you leave for me on these platforms. Now, I know I say this at the beginning of every single podcast, but I really mean that those ratings really go a long way in helping us find a new listener base and viewership base on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even YouTube to a certain standpoint, because it exposes more people to the kind of content they may or may not enjoy. But until they're exposed to it, they will never know. So if you're able to, please be sure to leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts, leave those reviews on Spotify, and even leave those reviews on YouTube to let me know how we're doing and, you know, what I can work on what can be done better, where we hit the mark and where we just slightly missed when it comes to sharing some information and some news with you, okay? If I don't get any feedback in my mind, I'm just always doing everything perfectly and that's not how the world works. You have to have some feedback from your listener base to know where you stand and how you can grow as a content creator and as a host. So leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube and let me know how we're doing and help us expand the viewer base and listener base a bit more, okay? And then most importantly, look, I just like to have fun with this podcast. It's a pleasure to speak with so many people from so many different backgrounds. It's a pleasure to speak and cover so many topics, whether it be game reviews, whether it's talking about streaming drama, whether it's talking about gaming news, whether it's talking about society headlines, just all of it goes into shaping the world and how we look at it on a day-to-day -day basis and even how we just want to have an escape from the world and its problems from time to time. So I feel if I'm not having fun with it, then I would not do it because I can honestly put my effort in other ventures. But because I enjoy doing what I do, I'm here for the long time to come. And that comes because of all of you out there who give me your feedback and tell me how much you enjoy the podcast and the episodes. So if you ever think that, you know, you want to give me a compliment or give me some critical feedback, then just know that it's worth it. And I'm receptive to all of it, because at the end of the day, that's part of the motivation that keeps me going. And I know a lot of people would be, you know, they don't want to admit that. But your listener feedback is some of the most rewarding experience that you will have as a podcast host, as a content creator, YouTuber, Twitch streamer, whatever the case may be because it's that feedback that fuels, that fuels you to keep going and keep pushing the envelope so that you can be better for the people who support you the most. So yeah, let's have fun with this and let's keep growing. But before all, thank you. Thank you to each and every single one of you again for supporting the podcast so far, for checking in on me, asking about the podcast, asking what's gonna be happening around the corner with the podcast. But just know we're only going to get more consistent. We're only going to grow from here. The news, the interviews and reviews are only going to get more depth and in detail and get bigger. And most importantly, we're here to stay. The Disconnect podcast is not going anywhere because as we say, we're here to spark conversation. And 
if we're not sparking conversation, then we're just not doing it right. And uh, I don't half step my production in anything I do. So yeah, that's my seal of guarantee, guaranteed freshness. 